welcome to Imagine Me and Utana, a revolutionary girl Utana podcast. I'm Panda, I'm your host, and I'm here without a co-host. Today, I'm here to talk to one of my friends about the revolutionary girl Utana movie, Adolescence of Utana, because I think that it's fun to make people watch things that I like. And Kim, you are not really an anime person in general, and you definitely didn't know anything about this series before going in, except that I told you that this movie was going to have girls kissing in it, correct? I mean, you had me at girls kissing in it, and boy, did it, did it pay off. <laughs> I didn't know, in fact, I didn't know until you said the title just now. I know you've said the title to me many times, but... For some reason, it just kept like escaping me what it was that I was watching. And now that you said it again, it has adolescent right in the title. And you warned me. That means you warned me exactly what I was getting myself into right from the very get go. Except I just, I don't know, have selective hearing and decided to not hear that this was going to be about adolescents who I got super horny about right off. Oh boy, yeah, that's in uh that's in my notes. See, guys, uh what has happened here is that Kim is actually on the other side of my house, uh recording from producer Jimmy's room, and I had Kim watch the Revolutionary Girl Utena movie with me in my home, and now we are talking about it uh about 15 minutes after we have concluded watching. Kim, before we get into the notes that I took about uh, your reactions to this movie and things that you asked me, let's get some first impressions. How did you feel about what you just watched? Um, I, I mean, I liked a lot of what I saw and I'm kind of ashamed of that. <laughs> oh, that's, I think, the appropriate response, honestly. That's the I'm response that Ikahara <laughs> wants to provoke in you. I'm supposed to feel shame. A little bit. <laughs> See, the thing about this movie is that uh, Ikahara's like, look, look at how we fetishize these lesbians while also fetishizing the lesbians. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I guess now that you mention it, that totally plays <laughs> totally i did mention that th this uh was the equivalent the david lynch equivalent of anime when i was telling you about this yes you did and uh, yeah it's definitely weird and surreal and happens in a reality that doesn't i don't know where it i still don't know where it is where what happened where it where are we what is an Atori? What planet are we it's on? It's a school. It's <laughs> You were there. Is it a school <laughs> on Earth? I don't know. Okay. I'm just, you know, like, uh, in order in order to understand, like, you know, oh, that's the world your around mistake. us, reality, like, we have to have some definable features, you know, like science. There's a castle. That's a definable feature. A castle that, was it on wheels the whole time? No, only some of the time. Okay, so it developed wheels just like the ladies eventually developed wheels. <laughs> okay, let's uh let's get into the notes um uh, that I took. You, the first thing that you said during this movie was that Utana should be my pink-haired girlfriend. Um, I mean, I stand by that. <laughs> you also said that you liked how Wakaba immediately pegged Utana as like top dog of the school. Pegged was maybe an overly sexual choice of words, considering, but um, yeah, but she did. Little. Like she walked in and she like saw her from across the room and she was like, mm, "Damn, you know what? She's gonna be top of the class." Uh, so let me like introduce her to all of the hot, cool kids so she knows who her like peers are. Obviously, it's not like me or whatever because I'm uh I don't know uh the girl that gives everyone school tours. <laughs> And we all know that's not the popular kids. Because you are 12 years old, you giggled a lot when Utena said the phrase, I came, <laughs> twice. We, for reference, we watched the English dub listeners because, I mean, you guys have listened. If you haven't listened to the podcast before, I'm a dubs bitch. Sorry. If you have listened before, this is what you should expect of me at this point. Yeah, I mean, she came and she came 
and she came and I mean, we had to rewind that scene because you were like, I feel like I missed something. But no, you didn't. No, no. She, she just, just said that. Yeah. She just like looked at this girl and she was like, yeah, I came. <laughs> I mean, quote, all the men are awful. That checks out. Um, I mean, like most men are awful. So like if they're looking at the world as it is, like that was the closest point to where I was like, OK, so we are in reality. <laughs> Um, my notes also have uh, where I've written down that I'm supposed to explain to you what an otaku is because oh, yeah. producer Jimmy this. made a joke about otaku and Seonji being an otaku uh, while we were watching the movie. Okay, so otaku in Japan means like somebody who's like a nerd but like such a severe nerd that it's like to the detriment of like themselves as a person like do you get what i'm saying like like really intense like um like they're walking around in public with those uh big shoulder pads and tassels something like that yeah like at like- their job I mean, just, like, somebody who is so invested in, like, pop culture or nerd shit that it, like, affects their ability to interact with other people. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like you've met people like this before. I definitely have. The word in America and in English has sort of just become, like, synonymous with being a fan of manga and anime. It's not as severe as it's considered in Japan, Uh, And so there are people in, like, the U.S. who will just call themselves otaku. At least that's the impression that I've got. I don't really, I mean, most of my knowledge of Japanese culture comes from anime and (laughs) things that I Google and learning from people who have been to Japan. So, I don't know, like, if I'm off base, feel free to write in. But that's my understanding (laughs) of otaku as a term. But back to our notes, um, you referred to Seonji as next level creepy, which is true. Seonji was the green one. Yeah, he was the he was the one who kept uh, holding that girl's hair in his mouth. Oh, yeah. The scene that I noticed for, I guess, the first time, unless I forgot that I had seen it before, that when he has his face like up on Anthe's head, he also has some of her hair in his mouth. And it's horrible. You were very shocked to see Seonji slap Anthe, at which point I did explain to you that this scene occurs in every permutation of this series for some reason. Um, I'm feeling like there's a lot of like taboo sexual stuff that happens here. And maybe like Mm -hmm. that's another one that's like, "Mm, let's let's, you know, it's not enough to have sex with a child. Maybe let's also slap one i'm sorry like that's <laughs> it's terrible but like i didn't write this i didn't oh yeah i didn't, um, I didn't put children in sexual situations i'm like i didn't do it further down in my notes i have where uh you said to me don't tell me their ages after i made a joke about them being 14 because uh, up until that point they never say how old they are in the movie and I can understand if you don't have any context how you might mistake these people for maybe like 18 years old. Exactly. And I, think- I don't. Uh, they're running around with swords. Who lets children have swords? And like we kind of we had to stop the movie for a second because you did have a little bit of a crisis about them being 14 years old. Oh, I know. Uh, but I we compared it to. Riverdale and how shows on the CW like that will usually cast people who are like well into their 20s to play teenagers and how that's very confusing if you are also in your 20s and seeing an attractive 20 year old but then it's like oh no they're supposed to be 16 yeah, but then the show doesn't have any problem sexualizing them oh I just had a thought now it comes back to me at the end, when they're like flying down the street, butt naked, holding each other, spoiler alert, they have really, they have really nice breasts. And I don't know no what nipples. you, yeah, no nipples, obviously, because I guess women aren't allowed to have those. But uh, they're, I, I don't know what your body was like at 14. This is personal. It Jesus. didn't look like um, that. No, it did not look, it did not look like that. It, yeah. Oh, wait, I didn't ask. Can I swear? Am I like going to be? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Okay, good. Good. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Um. 
Yeah, but I uh, I definitely um, definitely gained boobs somewhere in college. So like a fourteen year old with like wow, I, mm, I it's hard. Yeah. Like you know, you can't cast a cartoon like you drew that. Yeah. So like either you've never met someone who's fourteen or. I don't know. You don't really watch a lot of anime, but this is also a pretty pervasive problem in anime is people not knowing how to draw teenagers or just actively ignoring that teenagers do not look like people in their 20s. Yeah. Um, I mean, I you guess... watched a couple of Sailor Moon movies with me and... You remember, like, they had legs, like, miles long. <laughs> I love And they're I supposed their to be, like, 14. Legs. Aren't they're supposed to be 14, too? Does everything happen to people who are 14 in Japan? It's a pretty common age in anime <laughs> for characters, if they're teenagers, Why? to be, like, 14, 15. <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh, my God. I can't tell you. Just wait two years. Just draw them two years later. <laughs> Just you don't even have to draw them different. Just say it's two years yeah, later. Yeah, just say it. Just write down a number that seems more appropriate, you know, and and go with that. Yeah, I I mean I can't like there's I it's not defensible. It's just a thing that you kind of have to. That's just a thing. Their academy could be a college. Like these could be colleges. Well, why are they are they less sexy when it's okay? <laughs> To have sex. I don't want to think about the answer I, to that question. I know. I'm going to pull apart like these moral issues. They're going to trouble me. I'm going to be like laying down in bed tonight and it's going to be like. <laughs> these are the problems of being uh, an anime fan when you have like ethics. I mean, it, I, I'm always troubled by the by the ethics of the things that I'm I'm watching and and um. I, I like it even took me years until I learned about Pokemon because I was afraid it was dog dog fighting but digitally and I mean <laughs> and now it's just like everything's bad and and I want to like it like god do I want to like it I loved everything about like the aesthetic of this with its weird I don't the know surrealist and the music was great I love a good fight scene costume change everyone should change costumes when they go to fight somebody I want to see that in action films. Hell Step it up, yeah. boys. I have a quote written down from the first duel where she duels Seonji where you said, hell yeah, pull that sword from her chest. Yes. <laughs> That's sort of self-explanatory, but it made me laugh really hard. I mean, it was great. Her boobs lit up and a sword came out and... Um... <laughs> Poetic cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we got to after the duel and it was uh, Anthe and Utna in the room together by themselves, you said, Anthe can fuck whoever she wants, but she probably needs therapy. And then that yeah. was when you told me to not tell you their ages because <laughs> I made a joke about 14-year-old ass and then suddenly you did realize that they are children. <sighs> I, I mean, are they all children? Yeah. I mean, um, Anthe's technically, like, immortal, so, and she's been alive for probably a really long time, but you don't learn that in the movie, so who's to say, really? Oh, 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 she's Oh, Akio is supposed to be an adult. Oh, ooh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot about him is problematic, so I guess, like, the worst... <laughs> Problematic is. is a very uh, generous word to yeah, use to describe yeah, Akio. Yeah. Um, so she's a living. They say living, living dead. Uh, okay. They do use the phrase "living corpse" and "living corpse." I, I mean, this is some. This is one of those things that's like open to interpretation. So it's kind of on however you take it, but like. If I were to try to explain that line, I would say that it's sort of like Anthe's existence while she's at Otori being the object of this dueling game, which is orchestrated by her brother, who in the movie is dead, so that's confusing. But like her existence there is like 
like a living corpse. She's like dead on the inside, but she is still going on and doing all of this stuff and like keeping this game going because she needs a prince in the center of the castle because the castle needs a prince. It's very circular logic and it's very like storybook metaphor logic for not being able to move on from things in your past and uh yeah so like she's sort of dead on the inside from all of this bullshit that she's had to go through and uh living in the castle living in otori and continuing to be like that is something that she thinks she has thought would make her happy but now she realizes because of Utena that like she can go beyond what she has settled for because like she loves her brother and she wants to like continue to uphold this system of princes and brides but like why are there so many princes and only happy. one bride um, well, technically, in the series, they don't really refer to Jury as being the prince. I think that, like, the only princes are really, there's Utena, there's Toga, but we don't really get very much Toga. He's the red hair guy. Yeah. We don't get much about his actual story in the movie. And then there's, there's Dios, which is Akio with shorter hair but they don't really go into that in the movie because we only have an hour and a half for the movie. So some things had to get cut. So there's three princes, kind of, but then the movie adds Jury also. I think they call Jury a prince to like hype up this rivalry type thing between Utena and Jury. It's not really there very much in the movie, but it, that's like what it's trying to get at because they have this sort of rivalry thing in other versions of this. Okay, it seemed like there was more to their relationship than the movie had. See, that's the thing about this movie is that technically, ostensibly, it was made for people who haven't seen the series and a lot of people get into the franchise by way of the movie which is why I wanted to make you watch it and then talk about your thoughts on it without being familiar with the series is because this is the way that a lot of people get into the series and I think that it's just fascinating because this is like the most obtuse version of this story <laughs> but uh there are a lot of things in the movie that are just like callbacks to the series and so i don't really know how you're supposed to understand it without that context <laughs> but i i definitely want to watch more of it because i'm i'm curious it's on youtube thanks nozomi entertainment nice i definitely have <laughs> Okay, so what is, I was going to say, where would I start with on, like, a you YouTube search? You can just start search, with but... episode one, Revolutionary Girl Utena, episode one. All right. And like, I literally, <laughs> I'll text that to you. Yeah, yeah, text it. <laughs> but, um, oh, um, you made a reference to Anthe being a groomed victim after the stuff with, like, yeah, obviously kind of horny. Happened. She's very young and she's very much into this culture that they've built up, like this whole magical rose garden. And she's like some, you know, rose bride or whatever that all these people get to like have, you know, I, I don't know. Like they seem to have control over her sex, sexuality, sex life or whatever. So it's like, yeah, I, yeah, uh, I mean, it's more that like. I, I just I thought it was an astute observation because that is what is happening is that she has been groomed by this whole situation. And I mean, like, there's there's a whole discussion to be had about, like, Anthe and agency and whatnot. And, like, the movie barely even gets into that kind of stuff. But, yeah, uh, she is basically a groomed victim in this version and we see even later that part of that is because her brother is uh, date raping her. Uh, <laughs> so much incest. And it's 
right in the middle of like there's it's less uh, incest than the series unfortunately oh my god there's more incest in the series oh what did i sign up for i mean yeah like what did i sign up for i do this podcast oh my god i knew what i was getting into but i just Uh, kind of for like i kind of forgot about it when i was deciding that this was the series i was going to do a podcast about what i thought of was hey this shit's really weird not oh there's a lot of incest in this i kind of remembered that after the fact (laughs) <laughs> and now here i am three years now later you are. three years yeah and how many and how many times have you watched this movie um this movie specifically i have seen i'm counting on my fingers give me a sec i well is it <laughs> five times minimum five times Minim- uh, that's less that's less times than i was thinking I mean, it may be more, but I can specifically count five times when I remember watching this movie. That's that's not... I've watched several movies more than five times, so that's not so bad. And I don't do podcasts about them, so... <laughs> you did ask me if Shiori was a cabbage fairy when she got her sheet <laughs> wings and then flew over the cabbage field... <laughs> That and then there scene, were a million of her. That scene reminded me of Fantasia. I can see that. It was very uh, fantasy opera kind of just a little ballet in the middle of the show where there are a lot of other like references to different art forms. Speaking of dancing, the next scene was the uh, the scene where they dance in the rose garden with the water everywhere and all the stars. That was really dope. Oh my god, I loved that scene because of the like the reflection in the water with the two I and I'm I'm a sucker for costume change. It's amazing that I don't watch more anime with all the costumes they do. Yeah, um, like it feels like magical girl anime would totally be your thing. They've got so many costumes. Car Captor Sakura is a really good one for costumes because instead of having magical costume changes, what it is is her best friend custom makes her a different costume for every episode. So it's oh really God. good and there's lots of costumes and you should definitely check that one out. Uh, Car Captor Sakura is on Hulu, I think. I would have to double check that. Was that it's Car probably- Captor? Card Captor. Car- okay, Card she Captor. captures these cards that look like tarot cards. Oh, bit. okay. I was yeah. worried it was more um, girls no, transforming more into cars. And... I, I was wondering if that were like some kind of a particular uh, fetish that I wasn't aware of. My favorite part of this watching this movie with you was when you discovered that Utena was the car. Not you thought that like. Oh, yeah. I totally thought she geared up and gotten to a car and like yeah, they were going to be like badass girls car racing. You didn't know that she was the car. You thought she was going to be in a car. And I've written down in all capital letters, wait, they are the cars? <laughs> yeah. I, um, the, and, and Utina's car was very flesh colored. And it I, did look a little bit like a uterus. Yeah. Yeah. And, and her name being Utina and, Anyway, yeah, but her car was very, um, was, did her, who, did her body actually turn into a car? Like that was her skin stretched into, and her bones, and where was her hair, if that was the case? Um, Well, her hair is pink, and the car was pink. Okay, so the car was, um, not flesh pink, but hair pink? It was, it was pretty close, but it was pink somewhere in there. Um, I don't know that we can say whether or not she, like, in what way she did transform into a car. Because we don't know where the bones went. Because she is a car. And then at the end, the car tears away and she's there somehow. Yeah. It was like um, the car body was a... Uh, uh, Oh, what is it? A cocoon, which is another moth reference. 
A little bit. Yeah, it is kind of like a cocoon. Yeah. Oh, how? Where Where was she in the mechanics of the car? I know how cars work, like car engines and stuff. And I'm just sitting here like, how does a person with like bones and like blood in their veins, was the blood gasoline? Like, what are we talking? What are, why? What are we talking about here? You're overthinking this one. I'm sure I am. But I those like, I overthink everything. Like, well, were the roses magic? What kind of magic are are the yes, magical they roses. are magic. What okay. kind of magic? Shrug. They do they ever explain it? No, absolutely not. That's sort of uh, antithetical to the whole point. Really, is and, and it's how... open for interpretation. It's Ikahara is very death of the author. Like he has in the past, he would like say one thing about so- what something in the series means, and then in another interview, just completely contradict that or act like he had no idea what you were talking about. He like intentionally misleads and deceives because he is a bastard man. <laughs> in someone asked him in an interview like what what do you see as like the main difference between utsuna and the series and utsuna and the movie that that may not be the exact question but the actual answer that he gave to this question was well in the movie utsuna turns into a car (laughs) and that was the whole answer Okay, well, there has to be more of an answer than that, buddy. Uh, he really is like David Lynch. He just I doesn't, told you. He just doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't. Zero fucks given. <sighs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, you That's laughed kind of- when Akio fell out the window, and that yeah. was good. That was a good moment. <laughs> I mean, like, anyone who's going to be, like, all incestuous or whatever with his... <laughs> I know. I mean, right? he deserves to fall out of a window. The scene before that, when he's like, I'm not like that. You said my exact same reaction, which was, You were like that just two seconds ago. Yeah, yeah. He just got all like up in his feelings all of a sudden out of nowhere. And it's like, Dude, um, you like started this. Like, this is, this is a mess of your own making. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And then he couldn't deal with it, so he threw himself out of a window. Drunkenly stumbled out of the window Uh. while trying to look for his car keys. (laughs) Yes, because the car needs the key or else it rusts. Or it's going to rust. (laughs) Yes. When the car started to rust up in the car scene, I Kim was like, what? And I just said that again, and she got mad at me. I don't understand. Um, if if the girl turned into the car, uh huh, and the does when she turns back into a girl, does she still have a key? Um, well, we don't see it again. No, we we, it's never brought up once. It's almost. <laughs> it's all. <sighs> is the key just there to sell pretty keys with roses on them? No, or? because I can't buy one, and I want it. <sighs> Well, missed opportunity on their part. Like, they should hit me up on marketing because they can sell, right? Like, all of this stuff. Like, I. Uh, after the Utena car gets really beat up during the car chase, you said, and I quote, they beat that pussy up. I did. They did. I mean, it, it was a vagina car. <laughs> they beat that pussy up. It was, um, um, she was a a mess, but it doesn't seem to have hurt her physical body. It was the cocoon. Yeah, the, her cocoon got, her cocoon got her all beat up. Her cocoon, if you will. Oh my God, I will not. That was, <laughs> that was so bad. And I feel like Jimmy missed something because that was his level of, Wow. <laughs> he'll hear it later. Yeah, yeah. I'm she. He he he'll he will grin and love it. Um, you that was did terrible. Com- you did compare the castle on wheels to one of the uh, city vehicles from Mortal Instruments. 
<laughs> which I've not seen, but you apparently watched recently. Yeah, I did. And I uh, I think that uh, the creators of, I don't even know the name of the movie it was that I watched. Was it Mortal Instruments? Is that what yeah, you called Yeah, Mortal it? Instruments is okay. the... It's, uh... I think it might I don't I don't pay attention sometimes when Herb puts things on I just kind of like oh okay cool this is what we're watching now and then your husband who was supposed to join us but then couldn't make it tonight yeah he uh he's in a play (laughs) it's a whole deal actors am I right yeah but yeah moral Um, instruments it was uh I mean cheesy and dramatic and just very out there but it did have a bunch of cities on wheels and a very uh i don't want to insult mad max because that wasn't okay it wasn't mortal instruments that was a different series it was mortal engines mortal engines very Eh. similar name and that's how i got confused i also wrote mortal instruments in my notes but it was called mortal engines because that's the uh the peter jackson produced movie based on a post-apocalypse series or whatever it's an exceptionally dumb name either way yeah you asked me where they are escaping to and i sort of just kept saying the outside world much to your dismay because you kept asking me but where is that Yes, because we've never established whether or not they're in reality. The are they in Japan? Where Japan. are they? Heaven. Um, they're definitely not in heaven. An alternate universe. I like. I maybe another planet. I'll accept another planet. Um, it's another universe, I guess. Otori is kind of like a pocket universe, and and the real world they're escaping in too is. Modern I don't know time. if it's our universe or if it's just a universe. Otori is kind of like, okay, so the outside world is like a bubble. And then Otori is kind of like when you have a second smaller bubble that's like attached to it. Okay. It just sort of, it's there, but like it's separate. And... How do they how how do they know that the real world is out there? Because well, we they never didn't. established this. Oh, so they're Utena guessing. came from the outside world, but she doesn't know how she got there. But th- she that's how she knows that the outside world is there is because she came from the outside world. And there is a scene in the movie where uh, Anthe's like, "I understand we came from the outside world." Uh, but again, they don't explain what that means, what the outside world is, where the outside world is, why the outside world is. Any questions you have are not really answered by the end of this movie. Okay, not by the end of this movie, by the or end the of- series. Oh I my mean, god! Okay, that was definitely w- my next question. Some questions are answered, but then you end up with more questions, and then the series ends, and then you cry. That's how it goes. i'll get around to the crying the series ending is very emotional (laughs) how how long how long is the series the series is 39 episodes okay okay that's not that bad yeah that's not very long um that's completely doable you have in the in the notes i wrote you said that Akio, well, you didn't say Akio because you didn't bother remembering anyone's name except for Utena. But you said I mean, that Akio is a dick and you don't like him. Which, yeah, fair. He, he is a dick. And I, yeah, he's kind of the worst. Yeah, that's the whole I, point I of this. I don't have, I don't have much else to say other than I don't know why anyone would just off him in the first 10 minutes and we're good. <laughs> he's he can we can we throw him out of a window well he did throw himself out of a window but not, not fast enough no not fast enough uh this is this movie is the least that you see him in any permutation of the series the the television show he plays a substantial role in in like the latter half of the series and the comic version the manga version also has him in a pretty substantial role but this movie kind of uh cuts his balls off and throws him out of a window which is good (laughs) 
in yeah, my that's opinion. definitely a plus for the whole series. Like, I can't believe that they had him around in such a large role when he's so horrible. Okay, he is horrible in the series, but the movie is the only version that posits this idea that he was dr- trying to drug her. Um, That makes it worse in the show, like, as an overall situation, because she is the entire time. Uh, There is no ambiguity of whether or not she is, like, a participant in the liaisons with her brother. Like, she's not drugged. Like she, I mean, you know, like, again, like I said earlier, there's a big conversation to be had about like Anthe and agency and whatnot, but that's not what we're having tonight. So that is a a divergence with Akio's character in the movie. And that's why it's a little more on him that he is 100% awful in the movie because it's sort of like he is attempting to deceive her in order to do this. And it's gross and it's horrible. Yeah, I guess that definitely does make it worse. But considering her age, like, uh... yeah, um, Akio is definitely an adult and she is. Well, I mean, okay, like I said, they are immortal, but like he is clearly the older brother given everything that we have here. And they don't say that they're immortal in the movie. So, I mean, we don't even know if that's part of the canon for the movie. Who knows what is and is not canon for the movie. We just can't say. <laughs> even though we just watched it. <laughs> oh. I mean, could you tell me what is and is not real in that movie? <laughs> no, because we haven't established whether or not they're in reality. Because... <laughs> So it is all a dream. It is a dream opera set in a surrealist painting. I guess so. Yeah, it is kind of like a dream. Weird things. Yeah, it's uh, set in a school that's an M.C. Escher painting. Yes, and there are a lot of magical things, but not all of the things are magical. And everything's sort of vaguely magical. I mean, I guess, yeah, because eventually that one girl turns into a Jeep. So I guess all of the girls can turn into Jeeps or cars. We see at least three girls turn into cars. We Do see the Utena. boys turn into cars. Um, No, at least not in this. And nobody turns into cars in the uh, in the series. This is the only version where they turn into cars. Wait, so the car thing is exclusive to the movie? There is car stuff there is a car in the series, but it is not the Utena car, and nobody turns into cars. But there is a car. Akio has a car. Akio has a car in the series, but yes. nobody turns into cars. No. Do they establish at any other point, like, the car, the car thing? No. Because that's a full-on Transformers, like... You can't just have a twist like that. Yes, you can. It it just happened. Didn't you see it? All of a sudden, we can just turn into cars. Yep. That's the movie. All, all of a sudden, it's girls turn into Fast and the Furious. Yeah. For to to escape to reality, to, to escape to somewhere with their love. Would you play a racing game based on the last 20 minutes of this movie? Oh, for sure. I, I definitely I would pick I want to pick my girl that turns into a car for me. <laughs> Need me a freak like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, can I customize my girl car? I feel like there's a phone game for that probably. There should be. <laughs> Seems like a good investment. Jimmy, get on this. <laughs> Jimmy, make a game that uh that is all Make me cars. an app. Yeah, computer man, make it happen. Computer man, make me an app. You know, that's what you do. You just tell people to make you apps and it happens. Yeah, that's how app making works. I mean, it, I don't see why not. We put it out into the universe secret style, right? <laughs> Would you say that Utena was your favorite character in the experience that you just had? Yes, uh, she definitely had big dick energy and I, I'm all about that, especially her suit and especially the suit with the shorts. Oh, yes. Very good. Extremely good. And the shoulder pads? Yes. You were a big fan of the shoulder pads. Yes. And the tassels on the shoulder pads? Yes. That's a look. Extremely. 
You really liked the short hair. How did you feel about uh, the going back and forth between short hair and long hair, Utena? It didn't make sense within the bounds of reality. Like, that's not how hair works. But, uh, I mean, I'm into it because I want short hair and long hair at the same time. Right? I want it on command. I wish I could grow my hair out like that. Yeah, please give me the power to grow my hair out and cut it off in one instant. Give me the power to revolutionize my hair. Yes. And pull swords at a girl's chests. Woo. That's really just the dream. It really is. I mean, I didn't think about pulling a sword out of a girl's chest until tonight. And now it's all you can think about. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to dream about that tonight for sure. (laughs) Um, Do you have any other questions or thoughts that you would like to bring to the table? Um, okay, what was the deal with the rings? The rings belong to the duelists, and they signify that you're part of the dueling game. Utena gets her ring under mysterious circumstances and ends up getting drafted into the dueling game because the other duelists see her and are like, oh, you're one of us. You're in the dueling game, so you have to duel now. And Utena's like... I just wanted to defend my best friend's honor, and now, like, you've drafted me into this. Except that's part of the series, not the movie. But, like, in the movie, it's I want to protect Anthe's honor because you're being mean. Because Sayonji is mean. Yeah. Does Do the, do the roses choose? Um, I, no, not really. Um, the rose in the movie giving her the ring is just like because it looks cool. I mean, like you could probably go into the the symbolism and what that's supposed to mean and all that jazz, but like also, it's just because it looks cool. That's not how she gets it in the series. There is a lot of symbolism in this movie. Yep, like most most of the movie. Most of the movie is just symbolism. Yeah, yeah, because so much of it's left up to guesswork. And that's how Ikahara really wants it. Like, he wants it to be an experience of interpreting the work rather than coming forth and being like, this is what the work means. I mean, I guess I can appreciate that. Like, he he is trying to do something interesting, even if some of his stuff is questionable. Even if some of the methods are questionable. Yeah, yeah. Even if he's talking about children in a way that's just really inappropriate. Uh, that's just, you're, that's part of the anime game, hun. Like, that's just, uh, people in like anime a- be 14 years old. That's just how it is. Or you, what it is, is you either have actual 14 year olds drawn to look like 20 year olds, or you have girls that are hundreds of years old, but they look like 12 year olds because they it's a a cop out because magic makes them look like they're young but really they're old at heart so it's okay to sexualize them oh well that's a i love anime (laughs) yeah Uh, and liking anime is all about having to weed through garbage you gotta, I guess, pick and your even battles. Some, yeah, and even some of the garbage, even some of the not garbage, I mean, you end up with incest and children having sex. Oh Like my. this. Like this. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of what I was referring to. Yeah, yeah. Um, Utena is trying to say something, but there is a lot of discussion about what that something is. And... <laughs> what all Utena is trying to say or isn't trying to say and it as a franchise is something that everybody tends to get a little bit something different out of it she like she herself is all like oh yeah I'm not gonna take advantage of this girl and like I'm gonna try and defend her from this dude who's just using her for sex because Utena is a good girl she is a good girl, so I kind of like I I like her a lot. Yeah, Utena's great. She's our she's my 
idiot daughter, which she's kind of she's kind of dumb in the show, but in a way that it's more like she's just a little bit oblivious and you're like, oh, honey. Yeah, yeah. She really ought to. She comes off a lot more confident in the movie that we just watched, but the series, she is sort of like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just going to do this. <laughs> she uh, she seems very confident and like take charge, except for when she's emotionally vulnerable with... um. <laughs> Oh, God, once more, I didn't learn their names. The purple-haired girl in the the Rose Bride. Anthe. It's like Anthony, but, like, missing a syllable. Anthe. Anthe. So she, you know, she got really emotionally vulnerable with her and then got angry and pushed her down and stuff. And it was like, you know, that was a time when she was questioning herself. But most of the time, she's just a general badass. Utena is emotionally vulnerable, except when she wants to slut-shame Anthe. Yeah, I mean, that's not, that's not nice. I don't like that part, but I mean, this was made like 99, I think, maybe 2000. I don't remember when this came out. I don't know things. It did kind of have a 90s feel. I could see that late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, the, yeah, this movie came out in 1999. The series was... 97 to 98 or 99. I'm gonna check that real quick. The yeah, seri- I don't know why we're oh, questioning. This- we can Google. Yeah, well, I'm Googling right now. The series was, oh, it was from April 1997 to December of 1997. So just the year 1997. And then the movie oh, came wow. out two years later. Well, that's a. This was uh, the director of this and the series was formerly the director for Sailor Moon and a couple of the Sailor Moon movies. And then after departing from Sailor Moon, he went on to work on this. And I told you before we watched this that this is sort of like an antithesis to the entire genre that Sailor Moon represents And I feel like you could probably get that from what you saw a little bit. This is like a a dark twist on the Sailor Moon type show, which is called a magical girl show. Yeah, it was very moody and emotional. And there was there was not a lot of um, over explaining things to you and a bit of under explaining even. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it kind of bounced around. Oh, definitely. It sure did. Oh, we haven't even talked about the little pink-haired girls. Oh, yeah. You were very concerned about the the shadow girls in the... Uh, what would you call that? Like the control room or something? Yeah. I, they it were was in. kind of like old-timey radio. radio show. Yeah. I dug that. Yeah, you really liked the Shadow Girls. We talked about them being like the Greek chorus. Yes, that was another. uh, It was it was weird. They kind of just did. Were they commentating on the girls lives and what was happening? Kind of. And also not. But it's a metaphor. Okay, so are they like fairies? I mean, they're they're not really there. They are a. a storytelling motif that kind of exists in the meta of the series rather than like being physically present. Okay. Okay. I guess like, like a Greek chorus. Yeah. That's a, that's really interesting. Isn't it? It's cool. And they're in, uh, they're in like every episode, there'll be like a little interlude in each episode where they do like a little skit or something. And sometimes it's a very thinly veiled metaphor for what's going on in the episode. And then sometimes it's just like, what are you guys even talking about? (laughs) Just cutscenes to nowhere. Yeah, it's fun. It's like a shadow play. In the middle of your thing for whatever reason. But yeah, they, uh, you were very distraught about the end where we see, uh, Eco and Fco up in their little microphone suspended from the ceiling and they are made of straw and their, uh, name tags say Utna and Anthe. Yeah, I was wondering, was that reality? Did we, like, go into reality and it's some sad, sick twist that they don't even exist or they're dead 
Or they got turned into straw? I don't know. I don't know why they have the name tags other than like, it's, I don't know, that they're not there anymore or something. I don't really know what it's supposed to mean. It's just, it kind of looks cool, but it's also like, what? Yeah, like the play's over, the magic's gone. Like and everything's the, the just sort of crumbled. The fairies don't exist anymore. Yep. The, yeah, like the, it's uh that's a very fairy tale-esque kind of uh, a thing. Yeah, fairy tales are a huge aesthetic component of the series as a whole. You could probably pick up on that a little bit with like the prince and princess stuff. Yeah, they uh in the castle. Yes, in the castle. The cars were weird though. Like where would the cars come from? Um, I I don't know. Ikahara likes cars. Apparently he's a shit driver though. <laughs> Loves cars, can't drive them. Yep. I love cars. Love to drive one one day. <laughs> Do you have any other complaints? <laughs> um, most of my complaints all tie into is this reality and the appropriateness of the the children. So I guess I'm I told you you, you weren't going to get any answers. <laughs> I I kind of provided you as as best I could. Yeah, you did warn me ahead of time exactly what I was getting myself into. I only have myself to blame. Did you enjoy it? I, uh, I I very much did enjoy it. I like a good wild ride, like, you know. Get it like in a car. A wild ride. (laughs) Yeah, a wild ride with girls kissing and big old shoulder pads. Show it to me. I'm there. Especially purple hair. Damn. Does this make you want to watch the series? Uh, you know what? Yes. And I will probably recommend it to friends. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, if we don't have anything else to say about it we can kind of close out here that'll do us for this episode if you would like to follow us on twitter you can do that at utanacast if you'd like to follow me on twitter you can do that at mpandanata kim where can people find you on the internet should you wish to be found if not you can just plug something that you like and um, want other people to look at oh god everyone look at photos of kittens on the internet because the world doesn't have enough of looking at photos of kittens on the internet. I know there's a lot of that going on. Um, I, I mean, like, my Twitter handle is at Space Captain Kim. Very good Twitter. I don't look at Twitter. Yeah, but it's a good handle. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty... <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good at making up handles. Um, yeah, that's a that's about it for me. I mean, like, if you follow me on Twitter, I, I'll probably follow you back. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to follow us on Tumblr, you can do that at imaginemeandutina.tumblr.com. And if you would like to email us, you can do that at imaginemeandutina at gmail.com. We are a Patreon-supported podcast. You can find that link pretty much anywhere you can find us on the internet. And um, that's all that i have to promote i think and if i missed something oh well it is getting late and we need to wrap this bad boy up revolutionize the world everybody